Y'all ready? Awesome. Hey, my name's Clayton. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I'm excited about, about what God has to, to speak to us today. And so I'm going to sit in a chair um, this, this morning, but um, we're going to jump right into our series that we've been, we've been going through. And if you'd like to follow along with the message, you can scan one of these QR codes on the screen. They're also in the seat back in front of you, and you can get the notes uh, for today. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the, the risky business of, of should we follow after God and be all in for him or should we, you know, play it safe? That's what we talked about last week. The very first week, we, we talked about how um, sometimes we're all hat and no cattle. And that's the phrase meaning that you're, you're, uh, you're all talk and you, have, you're, you don't have anything to back up that talk. You're all talk and, and no action. Well, today, we're going to the beach, guys. Y'all ready for this? Okay. How many of you guys love going to the beach? Okay. I mean, I, I, I love going to the beach. It's awesome. In fact, we're going to do something special today. We're going to give away, this is amazing, an all-inclusive beach trip for one to Barbados. And so I want you to look underneath your chair. There's, there should be an envelope behind, underneath your chair. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. The, kid, the kid's like, yeah, let's go. Go by myself. Let's do this. Y'all, y'all didn't see the offering from last week. We're not giving away any uh, beach vacations. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know, most of us, we love the beach, right? We, we love going to the beach and the idea of going to the beach. Some of us are extroverts when it comes to the beach life. And so we love the beach as long as people are with us, as long as there's a volleyball game going on next to us and a lot of people walking back and forth and people out in the ocean and there's activities and things to do. But for actually probably the majority of us, we love the idea of being alone on the beach, the idea of having an umbrella over you, you got your toes in the sand, you got a good book, your phone isn't with you, the kids aren't there. You know, like it's just, it's just heaven for you. The idea of being completely alone on a beach. Well, honestly, 77% of us are what uh, they call uh, ambiverts. An ambivert is someone who is at times is extroverted and sometimes it's, they're introverted. They're kind of in the middle. I'm kind of like that. I love people and interacting with people, but sometimes I just want to be alone, right? And we long for peace and we long for solitude and we believe that we can do things on our own. In fact, life would be better if everybody just left us alone. Yesterday is a perfect example of that. And so the bunch of the men in our church, thank you guys for coming out. We were working on the, the new ball field, our community ball field over here. And so we're putting up scaffolding and, and climbing up high. And I hurt my ankle. Now, I wish I had a better story to share with you today. I did not, I was not on top of the scaffolding and like save somebody or whatever. I was on level ground and I just rolled my ankle. I mean, it was really, really sad. And I just realized that I'm almost 40 and I'm feeling it every single day. And man, my... my Foot is my ankle's all jacked up, and and I but I'm a I'm a person who loves to do things on his own. I, I love to to be you know self-made man. I'm self-sufficient. And my wife yesterday she told me says, well you know look look at the the self-made man. The I can do everything, Clayton. And now you can't. And she just is loving it. And so and so I realized I can't do things. I can't do everything on my own because the Bible didn't does didn't. God didn't say in the Bible that, that we are designed that way. God didn't design us to be 
uh, be alone. In fact, if you look at the, the very beginning, we see that who God is. And God is a, a God of community. And we look at the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he has this perfect relationship together with himself. He is a God of community. And so we are made in his image. And so we as well should be people who desire deep down inside a community. That's how God created us. Even for us, our introverted selves, deep down inside, I believe every single one of us, we want to be known. We want to have community with, not, maybe not with everybody, but at least with somebody, right? In fact, the Bible talks about it in a couple of different places. Look at Genesis chapter 2 here up on the screen. In chapter, chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says that the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make, a, I'll make a helper who is just right for him. So you know this is talking about Adam and Eve. Now Adam needed somebody um, with him. And so he, God created Eve to be his partner in life. And this is obviously talking about a marriage relationship. But it's also talking about every single one of us that we are not created to be alone. And it's good for us to actually have someone right next to us. It's also smart that we have someone Next to us. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10 says this If one person falls, the other can reach out and, and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I learned that the hard way yesterday. And thank goodness there, was, there were guys around that could help me, literally pick me up and put me in a, a lawn chair in the shade, and it was awesome. Okay, they are bringing me ice and had drinks. It was, it was great. But it's smart to not be alone because when things happen in your life, you need someone who can help you. But you know what? Being known and having intimate relationships with other people is also enjoyable. Proverbs 27.9 says that, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So back then, those things were, were precious commodities. He's saying that's what a friendship is like. It is something that you should long for and enjoy. And so that's where we're at today. And asking ourselves the question, do we have those kind of relationships? Because back in the day, you probably did. If you go back to when you were, when you were little... Man, making friends was probably pretty easy, wasn't it? You know, if you think about the, the friends you made in elementary school or younger. And, man, you love those, those people and you spent time with them. And you said this. You said, we will always be best friends, right? You said that. And you meant it because you couldn't even think about living life without that person. But life happens, doesn't it? And for all of us adults in this room, you, you grow up, don't you? And things change. You move away. Life happens. You go to school, and that person goes to a different school. And you get married, and they get married, and you begin to have kids, and they begin to have kids. And all these responsibilities begin to pile up with work and life. And you become more distant and more distant. I think about the same thing for my, in my life. I've got some incredible friends when I was growing up, and they influenced me tremendously and made me the person that I am today and actually helped me to see my call into ministry. And I thought I would never lose those friendships. And today, I long again for those kind of relationships. And yet we don't have them. The majority of us do not have those kind of relationships anymore. And so what we do is we default to something. And we dive into the secluded waters of what we're calling today Caribbean 
Christianity, okay? So you remember anything? We're talking about Caribbean Christianity today. That's why I got the shirt on. That's where, uh, why I'm wearing, well, it's not the only reason where I'm wearing uh, sandals. Can't get, can't get a shoe on this foot. It's so bloated. But anyways, but, but I've always wanted to wear sandals to preach in, and so I'm doing it today. If you've got a problem with it, um, Danya will, will take those, uh, and uh, she's got some place to put those. But anyways, um, but, <laughs> but you know the idea of Caribbean Christianity, being alone on a secluded beach. And someone may walk up next to you every once in a while and even say hi. But at the end of the day, you are isolated. And for a lot of us, we think that's, that sounds really kind of great. But I would argue that today, that this is risky business. It's risky to, to jump into Caribbean Christianity. And so we're going to look at God's word today. And see a story of, of, a, of a leader and his people and the relationship they had together. And so in Acts chapter 18, Paul, we're not going to turn there, but Paul, he, he finds, he, he's, he starts his church, the church of Corinth. And there's probably between about 50 and 150 people in this church. And it was this mixed, diverse group of people. And they were known not for their consistent devotion towards one another, but they, for their consistent division, okay? Anybody, that sound familiar in your church life? That your church was known more for, for being divided than being together. That's what was going on. And Paul heard about it, and he heard, heard that things were not going well. And so he writes um, 1 Corinthians to try to correct them and, and to teach them. But they didn't listen to him very well. And he hears that things aren't going well. So Paul goes and visits them again, and he ends up writing a letter that was harsh. Like it was just, he just told him off. Like he told him how he felt. And it was so harsh that he ended up having to apologize after. And in fact, this, this was not a God-ordained letter. Um, and so it's not a part of scripture. But in between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote another letter to this church. And it was, it was rough, guys. It was so bad that he had to go back and say, guys, I'm really sorry um, for what I said. And in 2 Corinthians, he's kind of going back and trying to correct that. He's trying to mend uh, this re relationship. And so he writes this short message that I want us to look at today in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And this little, um, seem, seems like it's kind of an insignificant little passage. It's, it's kind of stuck in between these two deep theological truths, okay? And, but I think it's, it's, very, it's very raw and real. It's like Paul just being himself for a, a moment. And I want you, as we read this, to think about the kind of relationship that Paul had with these, these people, these Christians in this church. And maybe even the relationship that he, he wants to have. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 11. Here's what he says. He says, oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on, on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. And I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children, so open your hearts to us. So Paul, he's writing on behalf of some other Christians, these, these guys that would travel together. So Paul wasn't alone in his missionary journeys. We just hear mainly about him. But he's, he's talking about his relationship between, between those, these leaders and these 
these uh, church members, and he's pleading for, for friendship. And Augustine, way back in the day, he even talked about this, and he said that there are two things that are essential for existence in this world. Like to really have a true existence in this, in this life, in this world. One of them is actually to have life, and the other one is to have friendships. To have friendships. Yet in America, 61% of us are lonely. So honestly, the majority of us in this room, if we were just to be honest, we are lonely. One in five men say that they don't even have any close friends. We know a lot of people. We high-five a lot of people. We talk about, about football and the weather and how's work going and all that kind of stuff. But we really have no close friendships. In fact, half of our community says that they have no best friend. We're a lonely culture. And you know what? Social media hasn't helped because social media makes it seem like everything is okay. And it's, you know, it's nice to feel connected, um, to, to not miss out on what's going on in people's lives. But social media, it actually distorts our view of what a, a real true friendship is. You ever been scrolling on your phone and on, on social media and you'd be like, do I even know these people? <laughs> like, are these even my friends? And I'm spending my, my day hearing a story about someone's second cousin's aunt and, like, what they did. during the, Like, why am I spending my time going, I don't even know these people. And somehow they're, they're showing up on my social media feed. And the problem with social media is that, that we are connected with many people, and yet we don't know anybody. And we truly aren't known ourselves. And we're promised by social media this, this social connection, but what it actually delivers to us is this social isolation. So let me, let me kind of illustrate this here up on the screen. So here's a first picture of, of three people, okay? These are normal people. In fact, they could be you in this room. And the other people on this screen are the people that are right next to you, maybe even here in this room. And in our desire to, to be connected to people and have real relationships, we run to social media like these, these dots. And, and these dots promise us that we're going to have deep, intimate relationships with lots of people. And so this first person connects socially, okay, on, on the internet with, with people, okay. And so they, they kind of connect with different people. And then the second person does the same thing with a group of people. And the third person ends up doing the exact same thing as well. But if you look at this, you realize something. Those three people are actually real and in the room. They don't know each other, you know. They actually don't have relationships with each other. You may have relationships from afar, but you don't really know the person that's in the room. And it is my desire this morning for you to see just how dangerous an isolated life is. And how honestly it's, it's foolish and it's risky to remain alone. And I believe that this passage is calling us to do something, to, to let go of this Caribbean Christianity, this idea of, of doing things all by ourselves, and to instead pursue these real and authentic relationships that if I feel like we're honest with ourselves, we really want. I mean, as adults, I feel like, even as teenagers, we want these kind of relationships. And so we're trying to figure out how do we pursue and actually get those deep, intimate relationships with other people. Well, here's what we got to do. I think we got to go back to this passage, these three verses, and we're just going to break them down real quick. And I think God is teaching us something today about how to ditch 
this Caribbean Christianity. And so we're going to go through these really fast. So number one, I think Paul is saying in verse 11 to jump in with both feet. Let me read it again. He says this, Oh dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you in our hearts. They are open to you. So Paul here, he's like, he's, he's showing us what real friendship looks like. It's this idea of being like authentic and, and not holding back. It's where you actually commit to that relationship. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, look, we, we've spoken honestly with you and our hearts are open to you. We are, we are reaching out for you. And what the Bible is saying for us today is that if we want those kind of relationships, we got to do the same thing. In fact, we got we to jump in with both feet. You know what it's like when you're going to a pool and the pool is, the water is just really cold. And so you kind of put your toe in, you know, and you're like, well, that's cold. And so you kind of walk around to another part of the pool and you put your toe in again, you know, and you walk around. You're trying to find the warm spot. Well, hear me tell you, don't jump into the warm spot in the pool, okay? You just don't want to do that, all right? So, so you go around, you walk around the pool, and you're trying to find the, the, the best place to jump in because you're scared to, to go with both feet and just do it. You know what that, that feeling is, is when you finally muster up the courage and you run and you leap into the pool. And there's this moment where like time stands still and you realize, I can't go back, <laughs> you know. Like I cannot go back to, to the side of the pool. And then all of a sudden you, you splash and hit the water. And for a moment it might hurt, <laughs> okay. For a moment it might be really cold. But all of a sudden you go, man, I should have done this a long time ago. I spent 30 minutes going around the pool trying to find the best way to get in. And here's what God's word is saying for us today. When it comes to deep relationships, you've got to commit. You've got to jump in with both feet. Here's the second thing that I think God's word is teaching us today. That we need to take the other seat. You've got to take the other seat. 2 Corinthians 6.12, this next verse says, there is, Paul's again talking, he says, there's no lack of love on, on our part. But then he contrasts it and says, but you have withheld your love from us. Have you, have you ever been stood up for a date or a dinner? Anybody in this room? Okay. Maybe some of you guys have that's experienced that. I, I've been stood up for, for a dinner with, with some friends. I remember one time I, I went to this Mexican restaurant and we we're going to meet. And I was, uh, I, I sat down and, you know, the, the waiter says, how many is going to be? It's going to be four of us. And so they're not here yet, and so he went in and set me down. I got my chips and salsa, and I'm just, you know, I love chips and salsa. Guys, my favorite food in the world, okay? And so and it's like the manna from heaven. And so I'm eating it, and I got my drink, and the waiter comes back and says, uh, you know, would you like to take your order? I'm like, ah, I'm going to wait. They should be here any second. I'm so sorry. They're, they're, just, they're just running late, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I finally text them and say, where are you? And they're like, where are you? <laughs> I mean, and I'm at the restaurant. They said, no, we're at the restaurant. And they say, you know, this restaurant, this other restaurant, and I'm like, oh, whoops. And you realize you're at the wrong restaurant, right? <laughs> and you ever done that where you, have to, you, figure, you realize you're at the rest, wrong restaurant? You got to, you know, in humility, go to the waiter and say, I'm so sorry. Like, can I just pay for this? And I'll leave you a tip. And I'm so sorry. And you just, in shame, you kind of just walk out and go to the other place. But then you're not hungry because you ate like five bags of chips, you know. And so, uh, you know, but, but it's this idea that Paul, he's, he's sitting at the table and he's saying, I'm sitting here, but where are you? That's what he's saying to the Corinthian church. I have committed to you, but you have not committed to me. And what God is saying here to us is that 
these relationships that we long for, like not just these superficial relationships, but deep, intimate relationships with friends, what he's saying is that these things don't just happen. They don't just magically happen. It takes, it takes work. You have, to, you have to show up. It t- requires effort and time and this, this mutual commitment. And so if you want those relationships to happen, you got to take a seat. Metaphorically and physically, you go and pursue those people. And finally, here's what God is saying to us today. We need to be an open book. we got to be an open book. Verse 13 says, I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. So like this intimate relationship. I'm asking you to respond as if we have this deep relationship already. And he says, he pleads with him, he says, open your hearts to us. Open your hearts to us. I don't know if you have a, have a diary, but the thought of someone reading your diary probably is terrifying to you, isn't it? You know? Why? Because they would see the real you, wouldn't they? You know, they would see your thoughts and your concerns and your longings and all that kind of stuff. And yet we live our lives like we're closed books. We don't want to, people to really know who we are. In fact, I would say that we're probably, we're scared of who we really are. We're ashamed of who we really are. We don't want people to know who we are. And so we walk around and we want people to kind of see us, this outside version of this book. And we don't want to be open book kind of people. But that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, we're open to you. We're telling you everything, we're being honest, we're, we're being vulnerable, but we're asking you to be the same to us. But the truth is we don't want people to read us. And so we fake it a lot of times. And the Bible's saying here, like if you really want these kind of relationships, you've got to be an open book. And what Paul is saying to the Corinthians and what I, what I believe that, that God is saying to us today is that, you know, being consistently alone even though the idea may seem enticing, it's dangerous and it's risky. And if you want things to change, you've got to be different. You've got to jump in with both feet. You've got to show up and have a seat at the table. And you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be an open book. And I know that may seem dangerous, but that is what God is calling us to do. And so the best way to maybe illustrate this is I want to show you just this video so take a look at it real quick. Mom, I need you to sign this. Okay. How was your day? Hey, I'm talking to you. Just 
Looked like me dancing out there. But anyways, um, what a great example of what it looks like to risk it, right? And yet for most of us, we spend our time with headphones on, being isolated from the world, right? We want to, we truly want something. Like that, that kid wasn't happy, and yet it took someone else inviting him into a relationship. What's really cool about it is it didn't just stay with him, did it? And all these other people decided to stop playing bingo and, and dance and just live life. And that's pretty awesome. So how do we make that happen? Well, I think actually the next little passage in this, this, uh, this verse, these verses we're going through today actually shows us how we can live this out. And it's, it's, a, it's a next verse that you've probably heard a lot. Let me, let me read it to you real quick. Here's what verse 14 through 16 says. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Okay? Or your version probably says, do not be unequally yoked. How can, a righteous, how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? And what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So it's talking about being unequally yoked. And when animals were yoked together, that they would each influence one another. And in fact, one could even control the other. And that is so true for us, that the friendships that you have, your friends will either make you or break you. And the direction of your life a lot of times hinges on the people you would call your closest friends. And honestly, this is written in the negative, and, and it's kind of lost on us a little bit because it says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. But what if we read it in the positive and read it this way? Be yoked with a believer. Okay? Be connected. Be on a team with a believer. And that's kind of what it's saying. It's saying this is how you change your life. This is how you change other people's lives. Is when you're, or you're pursuing intimate relationships with people, deep friendships now, my encouragement to you is find people that are like-minded, okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't have relationships with, with other people. You should. We should, be, we should be light in a dark world. I mean, we should be pursuing other, other people. We should not be isolated like that as a, as a Christian group. But when it comes to the deep, intimate relationships, we should look for the ones who are going in the same direction that we're going. Because here's the deal. You're in a battle. We're all in a battle. And it's this battle of human isolation. I mean, our culture, it pushes us towards it. Uh, the, pa the pandemic, it, it forced us into isolation. And our sinful hearts, I mean, we're enticed to be isolated. Something we run to. But God, God has something different for you. He has something different for your life. And it's going to take work. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to get out of your, your comfort zone. But if you want your life to change, then here's what has to happen. You got to be willing to exchange this Caribbean Christianity for Corinthian Christianity. Or if you write anything down, here's, here's a real truth to take home for today. That life-changing community is not Caribbean, it is Corinthian. Okay? It's not about being isolated. It's about being known by other people. And you can't wait for other people to do it. You can't wait for that person to pop the question or to pursue you. 
you have to make the first move. And so I want to just get real practical as we end today and give you a challenge um, from God's word, what, what we've been learning today. So here's the challenge uh, from the word. Three things really quick. First, you need to recognize your need. You need to recognize your need for deep relationships. There's people in the room like, I don't need anybody. Here's the truth. You do. The truth is, is that we can see it. <laughs> we know that you need deep relationships. You need to recognize your need. For some of you guys, you're like, yes, I am in desperate need of deep relationships. I get it. But I want us to go a little bit deeper and think about other people and recognize that other people need those relationships too. You know? Have you looked across the room and seen those people that, you know what, man, maybe I need to pursue a relationship with them. Maybe I can get to know them in a deeper level. Recognize your need. Recognize the needs of other people as well. But second is this, to identify the chosen, the chosen few that God has actually put in your, in your life. And here, here's where it's, it gets kind of difficult because sometimes we want to pick and choose who are our closest friends. Okay, But you know what? God has put people right next to you. But just like the illustration of the social media, sometimes we overlook those people that God has actually put in our lives. And we try to pursue um, a, a better idea that we have in our lives. Or what happens is, is we long for those relationships we used to have. You know, like that friend, that friendship, that deep relationship that you used to have that is just not there anymore. And so in your desire to, to get that back again, you forget about everybody else in your life. The ones that God has actually put in your life. We need to identify the chosen few that God has called us to. Because here's the deal. We can't know everybody and we can't have deep relationships with everybody. But we can have relationships with a few people. And the ones that God has put in our vicinity, the ones that he's put in our lives, maybe we need to realize, okay, God knows what he's doing. I'm going to pursue that. And finally is this. you got to take the first step. you got to take the first step and you got to actually ask someone. And that might be one of the most difficult things is, is to do that. Because we live our lives like we're at a middle school dance, don't we? You know? You ever been to a middle school dance where the, the guys stand against one wall, okay, the whole time, and the girls stand against the other wall the entire time, and you got way too many adult chaperones in the room. You're like, I'm not going to dance with her, right? And so you're just scared and you're nervous, and so the music is playing, and there's just like this empty dance floor in this middle. It's like this, this great chasm that you can't even imagine, you know, walking out on, on, on your own until there's this sense of urgency, my parents are picking me up in like 15 minutes, okay? And there's that girl that I've always wanted to dance with, and I know we're getting like to, down to the last two songs. And so it takes, it just takes one person getting some courage. And all of a sudden they walk across the room and ask the other person to dance. And it's like this contagiousness that sweeps across the room. And all of a sudden everybody goes and asks everybody, and all of a sudden the dance floor is, is full of people actually living the, the, the life that they wanted to live doing the things that they wanted to do and spending time with one another. But a lot of times we, we live life like in the shadows and we just want someone else to pursue us. And when it comes to it, sometimes you just got to get out there. You got to get out there and pursue one another. Let me finish with this, this quote by Tim Keller. And here's what he says about relationships. He says, to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. And it liberates us from pretense or it liberates us from being fake. And it humbles us out of our self-righteousness. And here's what's amazing. It, relationships, deep relationships, fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. We need relationships. 
if a lot of us, we see it as this risky business. We don't want to pursue people. We don't want to be an open book. We don't want to, to sit at the table. And, and so we live our lives watching way too much TV and staring at screens way too much. And we wonder what's wrong. We don't have the accountability we have. We don't have the, the joy that we want to have. And we long for the past when God is saying, live right now. There are people right around you that need you, and you need them as well. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, God, that we, um, we have each other. You did not call us to live these, these isolated Caribbean kind of Christian lives. You call us to be known. You call us, God, to take some risks in our lives, to pursue the people you've put right around us. And so, God, I pray that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the discerning wisdom to see the people, and that we would step out, that we would jump in with both feet, that we would take some risks. And, God, that we would see that a life isolated and lonely is super dangerous. God, some of the, the deepest ways and most profound ways that you grow us as Christians is through other people. So I pray, Lord, that today would be a day of reckoning for some. They'd realize that they've been living isolated lives and they don't need to do that anymore. And social media is not the answer. Being fake is not the answer. But God, pursuing deep relationships is. We see it in your word. You called us to do that. So help us, God. Help us take that first step. And Lord, we've been talking a whole lot about first steps and these relationships, but I believe there's probably some people in this room or watching online who, who don't know what it looks like to have an, a deep, meaningful relationship with you. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room or listening, God, that Holy Spirit, you would convict them of their sin and call them to repentance, that they would give their lives over to you and accept that free gift of salvation and they would be changed. And God, they may be able to enter into the deepest relationship they'll ever have, a relationship with Jesus. Help them, God. Help them to take that first step. Help us, God, if we're not happy with where we're at, that we would move forward. We would take your word to heart. It would convict us and change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, they're just finishing up service in there, and I wanted to come out and tell you that we love you guys and we're praying for you. If you made a decision today, we would love to hear about it. So you can email us at prayer at cbcowasso.org and we'd love to respond to you, pray with you and just be in that communication because you just made a decision. That's awesome. We want to celebrate that. Um, remember as we go out into the world that we exist to live for Christ, love people and make disciples. Have a good day.